we just like get together and make a very, I just said simple and I'm gonna say the word lavish. <laughs> well, the schedule can be one-sided. Like you can schedule it for yourself. You're like, well, I'm gonna initiate tonight. And have us be solo because I mean, think about it. When a wolf wants to grab a sheep, he wants the one that's off on the edge by itself. Two things to choose from. It can take so much of a burden off of you. Wow, you actually shut up and listen now. You know, yeah. I think that came with age too. But like, yeah, make sure you're a good listener and listening when somebody else is sharing. You grieve with someone. You don't try to grieve for them. She held down her button on her WhatsApp and she told us like a six minute birth story. It nice. was so fun. That's so cool. my socks I love them <laughs> they're so cute they're so fun but you have to wear solids when you wear this yeah you can't wear printed socks and a yeah. printed dress anyway welcome back everyone how are you do we have any life updates you need to give no I do <laughs> not think so let's get right into it. I forgot my little notes we have notes for this one today oh yeah I do have a few notes where did yours go right there oh our topic is one that we've been wanting to talk about for a little while, and mm -hmm. you've seen the thumbnail already, so you know what we're going to talk about, but yeah, hopefully we're going to come at some things from some different viewpoints, different angles. Yeah, I'm excited about I this one. I think it'll be fun. And now every time I laugh, I do blow out air from my mouth when I laugh. <laughs> I don't think they know that though, because Josh is- It's a mic thing. We were editing out the puffs, but yeah, yeah that's funny. We all have our own weird laughs. Yeah. And I have my own nervous tick of moving my microphone around. And saying like. We both do, I guess. Yeah, it's the generational thing, I think. It is. It really is. At 90s. least we're not like the, what, Gen Zers who, like, say perf and... Shorten every word. <laughs> Shorten every word. What all do they say? I don't even know. <laughs> oh, my god. Not him being like. I call everything silly. Oh, my word. Really? I, I really do not know much about Gen Z. Yeah, I don't have a Gen Z or kid, and I'm not one either, so... <laughs> What's the... I wonder if Tor Tori might be Gen Z. Yeah, but we're Mennonite. We're not hip with it, you know? No. <laughs> Anyway, do you want to share your recipe before we get into it? By the way, we are going to start a new segment, not recipes. Yes, We're running out of inspiration. Yeah. It's going to be summertime here in a bit. We're just going to be grilling and eating salads all the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. My recipe is nothing life-changing again, but it is something that I made. I made it last night, and I actually really loved it. It's called Chicken Broccoli Alfredo Bake. And I'll just link to a blog that I got it from or a similar one. I don't even know if I'll remember which one I got it from. But it was easy to make. It was delicious. And I think you'll like it. No descriptions. And I mean, broccoli, I chicken, Alfredo. Yeah. I used angel hair, which was definitely the wrong pasta to use. It should have been like a bow tie or panay. a penne. Yeah. yeah. But that, yeah, someone asked me, Whitney asked me to make mac and cheese on Sunday night. And I was like, I do not have a single macaroni appropriate pasta. Oh my goodness. Like no shortcut yeah. pasta. Angel, angel hair yeah, mac that's, and cheese. That's all I, I had angel hair and alphabets. Wow. That's, that's like, it. I was like, that is really sad and embarrassing. We don't do a ton of pasta around our place. Josh doesn't like those Alfredo dishy things. Oh like, really? No, it's not Eric didn't complain about wow. it. Wow. Do we it. want to comment on your watch band? Yeah. Eric says it's excessive. Should I take it off? I it's know. not very midnight, is we it? We don't believe in jewelry, do it's we? It's not jewelry though because it's... <laughs> it serves a function. How about this? I used to send Josh to church with his watch that I bought him that the batteries I were I remember dead. him saying that. And I'd be like, you're wearing it anyway. It looks classy. It's, it's a smartwatch and my boys have like little smartwatches. And my five-year-old told me the other day that his teacher also has a watch, but hers is just like a clock hitched up to her arm. <laughs> a clock hitched, hitched up, up to, to her, her arm. arm. Wow, he sounds like a little Dwyer boy, a little Amish boy. I know, it's oh, hilarious. Man. Well, can we link it? Yeah. Okay, 
like, well, like Jada's, if you're more like the extra gal, you can my get bling bling. Or if you want a little more subtle, I can link mine. So is that yeah, the, they can go shopping. Is that the watch you've always had or is that an older one? My Fitbit? Yeah. I got a new one. I, I get them tinier every time. I can oh, get I was gonna say. Every time. Okay. So it's a Fitbit. <laughs> yeah. I just don't like have to have, have to switch it out from working out to yeah. church. Yeah. But, Can't work out in this one, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, my recipe was hoping we t- forgot about it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can opt out, I guess. I don't really have a recipe, but I think sometimes people feel very uninspired with it when it comes to breakfast. So next time you want to figure out a breakfast, make it ahead, like make a bunch of it. One thing that's kind of hard to make ahead is omelets, but not if you just mix up your omelets like you normally do, eggs, a splash of milk, your toppings, meat, veggies, spinach, whatever you like to do, and just line your cupcake tins with some... Actually, you could probably use the cupcake papers. I've done that before, but you can just spray them too. And just pour your mixture into your little muffin tins and bake them in the oven. Pop them out. Actually, it's really good if you do like a half a cup of cottage cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could do sour cream, but the cottage cheese makes it a nice texture. And yeah, then just pop them in gallon bags and stick them in the freezer. And you can pull them out the night before, leave them in the fridge. And I like to just wrap. I've shared this many times, obviously. You guys do it too, I'm sure. But you might have forgotten about it. That's the beauty of the recipe sharing, right? Um, just wet a paper towel and put the little muffin cup inside and put it in the microwave. Is that a bad word around here? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just stuck on the fact how out of touch you are recommending egg recipes in this current financial climate. Oh, well, I'm <laughs> very confident by the time people watch this, the egg will be will done. Like totally overcorrected and they'll be giving them away. Let's hope so. <laughs> oh man, this might age like This milk. might not age well. This might age like, <laughs> We're milk. like eggs? What are eggs? <laughs> yeah, we haven't had them. Oh but only rich people can afford eggs. Yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> I'll buy steaks. Can't hide it's the cheaper. money. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy steaks, they're cheaper. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, so should we get into today's to today's topic? Yes, ma'am. Jada wanted to talk about this like six months ago and I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like I don't know if I'm in the place to talk about how to be the best friend. I felt very preoccupied at the time and I, and there is seasons for that I do want to address that you know there is seasons of life where you're just hanging on and you're trying to raise that newborn or you know get through a certain yeah. family event or something and that's fine but you can't just live in that place and I'll say the reason that I wanted to talk about it not is not because I thought I was being such a great friend but because I felt like I had such great friends you're experiencing and the fruits my, of- yes my friends were just blessing me so much they still do and I was just like yeah just wanted to remind myself to make them a priority priority and I think we had talked about that a little bit before oh it was in my 20 things I learned in my 20s how much I appreciate my friends yes but I think that this is coming at a perfect time because I have noticed a very devious and kind of very subtly subtly devious like attitude in the in mainstream culture lately of self-love and self-care and I listened to or I saw a podcast title that was 20 things to do by yourself and take yourself on a date and like this whole like hashtag table for one um and just the celebration of you can be everything for yourself you don't need a man you don't need anybody um and yes there's like something kind of empowering about that I guess but it's it's kind of not true you can do that for a little bit but you're how long are you gonna be able to hang on we are communal creatures we're made for community I mean, think about our four mothers or, you know, people before us. They lived in little tribes and, like, they ha- their tents were all – their safety in numbers. There's accountability in numbers. 
you can't just be living solo your whole life. Yeah. And I feel like we're in a world where introverts are celebrated and I'm not denying that they're... It's are, trendy. Yeah, it's super trendy. I'm not denying that introvert being an introvert is a thing. Like, right. I even myself sometimes feel like I need to come away and recharge again. Right. Um, but I think the devil is using this. I think it is part of... I, I hate when people are always like, oh, Satan is using this and Satan is using that and like, whatever. No, we ourselves are creating this problem. But I feel like if we swing too far in that direction, um, like what does Satan want to do? He wants to divide us and separate us and have us be solo because, I mean, think about it. When a wolf wants to grab a sheep, he wants the one that's off on the edge by itself. Um, yeah. There is safety in numbers and in community. And I think today's topic, if it doesn't feel relevant to you, Hopefully by the end of this, it will, and you'll come away more invigorated to invest in the friendships you have or to create ones that you don't. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I think we learned through the past couple years that how important community is. And yeah, so maybe people are going, people are realizing that community is important. So again, people are going to overemphasize the importance of individuality or whatever as a, to combat the growing need for community. I don't know. But I do think that we are designed to function in a community. And it's really important. You're not an island. Yeah, exactly. And this whole, like, you're a goddess and you can do it all. And, yeah. like, whatever. Like, I mean, Good it's luck. great to love yourself or accept yourself. But at some point, you're going to need to step away. And I feel like people, that's when people go to, like the universal parenting YouTube videos and stuff and like they look for what people are doing online is you get the best advice from people that see your life, see your children, yeah, see, exactly. your, see your situations yeah. and are like there with you in the mud and the dirt and yeah. share your burdens and stuff, which is, oh my word, Jana, this is another thing I have against. Okay, we forgot to put this in context. I feel like we are good people to talk about this because there's a few downsides to the Mennonite culture. Just like there is to any culture. Yes, of course. There's always a downside. You know, there's maybe a little bit too much like busybodiness or emphasis on hard work and I don't know different stuff we could go on but one thing we do really well I feel and even the outside world notices it is how well we do we do community, community. Yeah. yeah absolutely um when I mean just look at I'm not Amish but again the same cultural background kind of when a barn burns down they're literally standing around in a circle as the flames are in the sky and you know, the planning barn, the barn their things. They're literally planning the barn raising and how they're going to, and then within a week that barn frame is up again and ready to go. Everybody just pitches in when there's a funeral, people bring food. Um, Someone has a baby, people bring food. People know about it. Yeah. Just even people knowing about it when there's a disaster or a, yeah, like the community will come a together. Tragedy. Like when there was tornadoes that went through, you know, people came and helped clean all of that up. Um, also, yeah, like you said, like a tragedy, there's prayer support. Mm -hmm. People, yeah, will share in their prayer yeah. times and, yeah. So something I was thinking about, or my question is, is the quality of their community proportional to the quality of their unity? I mean, look how the Amish look. They are pretty cookie cutter. They all look the same. They have these standards. And yet they're the example that we set for community. And I don't think you can deny the connection. I mean, the word unity is right there in the word community. And you can call it legalism. Even with the Mennonites, you can say we're legalistic. And yes, that is a pitfall. That is something we need to guard against because it will creep in. 
you will start to, you know, you can start to do the things, dress the certain way from a legalistic perspective and think that it's going to save you. But we know it won't. But I think that there is value in unity. There's value in looking the same, having the same, the common goal and sharing some of that lifestyle, like having a similar lifestyle that really can invoke a sense of community. So call it legalism if you will, but I think it can also build a really good community. Yeah, and people want the community, but they don't really want the unity. They don't want people telling them how to do things exactly or to be accountable or come under the authority of they anybody want the, else. Yeah, they want but the then community. They want that community, but they're not willing to submit themselves to the unity. Yeah, my friend actually has a brother-in-law, or something, I don't know, the family who live out in Pittsburgh, and they would love to join, like not join, but attend a Mennonite church and be part of a Mennonite community simply for a lot of those reasons Mm -hmm. and they also align their beliefs align the same she wouldn't want to dress like we do but like a lot of their beliefs and values align and she's like that's something they really really miss there's no like community Mm -hmm. out there people just show up at the you can show up for the early service the late service the friday service the saturday service you know sit beside a stranger this sunday next sunday every sunday and there's no it's just like what can i get from the sermon and the worship time for myself and then you leave and that's that and i'm like wow, I need to appreciate what I have a little bit more. And, you know, yeah. sometimes we make fun of, like, the sewing circle and the busybody ladies that are, like, <laughs> gossiping and stuff. Yeah. But you know what? Yes, we shouldn't try to be up in everybody's grill and, like, on everybody's business. But And sharing gossip time, and calling it a prayer request. Yes. Oh, yes. That's a running joke, too. You know. But there's a good side to that, too. There is. And sometimes we do focus on the negative too much. And I think today we are going to celebrate the positive. And glorify it. And yeah. sure, you could have your hashtag, you know, table for one and stuff, but there's also the other side of things as well. So um, I think being a mother can be very lonely. Like you're doing your thing by yourself with like these little people who can hardly form correct sentences and <laughs> you can feel very alone. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times people will turn to social media and yeah, replacements that are definitely subpar. It's not actual community, but I think it has its place. Like, there is a nice feeling of knowing, oh, wow, I didn't, like, there's some things in my life that I didn't know other people struggled with. I didn't know health anxiety was an actual thing until I heard somebody else talk about it. I'm like, wait, that's, I think, what I have. I didn't know, I thought I was just broken. You know, there's so many different ways that you can realize that you're not alone in the broader scope of things. I think that can be a good thing. Like, our mothers didn't have that. Right. They just... If they were the only one of their friends that struggled with something, they probably kept it to themselves because they never knew it was something other people dealt with. So there is a good side of it too. But when we're looking for those kind of relationships, those, what are they called? Not paranormal. That's like ghosts. Um, (laughs) What's the word? Parasocial relationships to fill our our social needs. It's just going to be empty like substitution. Right. There is no substitute for a genuine friendship or a genuine community. Real okay. life in person. Yeah, so we've talked about the importance of it. Now everybody wants to have, make friends now, right? We all yeah. want to make some friends. So now how do we do that if we feel like we don't have them? Or we feel like we just might have a sister-in-law and our mom and that's really all we have? Or what about these people that bless their hearts, marry their sweetheart, and move like 15 states over and they're strangers in their community again? I don't know. I don't know if I have... If I have any good advice because I've never dealt with that. I mean, I've lived in the same place. I've had the same friends. Like I said before, most of my friends I knew in middle school, elementary school, or high school. So 
I don't know. I guess all the advice is going to have to come from you. I'm like, no, I was just like, well, there has been times in my life where I feel like I need to at least deepen friendships or maybe put them more on the front burner. We talked about that four burner concept in the one video about how if you're trying to, you know, be a mom, a wife, a friend, it feels like sometimes it's really hard to keep all the stirring all the pots. Yeah, and I guess if you're Without looking, them burning. you're looking for friendship, you're looking for a connection. Think about where you go and what you do. You know, if you take your kid to the park, maybe there's another mom there with a kid the same age as yours. You can make a connection, ask for her number, or whatever. And Sometimes it takes being a little uncomfy. Yeah. To like, yeah, put yeah. yourself out there a little bit. Something else too that I learned from. Well, let me just give you some practical things that I wrote down of ways you can try to find some friends or make some friends, and then I want to give you a few more ideas here. Um, one is look on Facebook groups in your area. There is a group that I went to one time that I said I didn't have enough time in my life for it, but it was a stroller gang. Um, you could Google your town, you know, I don't know, Akron, Ohio, stroller gang, see if there is one. I have no idea. Or like look on your Facebook groups and see if you can find something. But basically it's just a bunch of moms that meet at a park every Thursday morning and they go on a walk and then let the kids play at the playground and there's nothing more like an icebreaker than kids running around at the playground. Yes. You know, it's perfect. Like, oh, what's his name? And, you know, yeah. whatever. So maybe look into that on Facebook. Also, um, mops groups. You can Google mops group in my area. Or if you like to work out, maybe go join a workout class. There's a refit is like a franchise, I think, that are often part of churches. And they're... They do. It's more like dance moves. I went to it a time or two, but I felt a little bit out of place. I'm not saying I wouldn't go back, though. Um, but, yeah, maybe make some friends after class or something. Or also, I think a lot of community is centered around churches, and rightly mm-hmm. so. Yeah. So find a church that's close to you and um, see if they – maybe if you're feeling uncomfortable to go to their services, maybe your husband wants to go to a different church or something. Hopefully your church has community for you there if you're going to a church. But um, a lot of churches have outside of Sunday programs or um, like toddler time or meetups, things like that. Um, Yeah, and if your kids are in school, maybe there's a fellow school mom that you can connect with. Um, Yeah, Yeah. Um, library, circle time, things like that. Um, Or if there's a specific thing you're really excited about, like homeschooling or something, chances are you're around women that are also like-minded at your co-ops and stuff. So there is ways to meet the people. The question, I think, is how to make them your friend. And that's where it just takes uh, some intentionality. And something I learned in my mom's group was about giving the gift of going second. Not that you need to be word vomiting all of your struggles and stuff on a perfect stranger at the park. You know, but if they kind of say something, maybe open up a little bit and be like, yeah, I've been struggling with my two-year-old right now too. Or, you know, when you open up, you're giving the other person the gift of going second. And it's so much less scary to go second. Mm-hmm. So sometimes just just push yourself and tell yourself to go first. You know, ask God to give you just... And you know what? There's other lonely moms out there too. That's another yeah. um, encouragement in some ways, I guess, to know you're not the only one out there. Um, we, ha- we live in a neighborhood and I just met a lady yesterday who's been in my house. I was very embarrassed. She's been in my neighborhood for a year. They moved from Russia. Her English was amazing. She had a pretty thickish accent it was very pretty um but she's been here for a year and her english was great and i've just been meeting her for the first time which her little boy that she was out with was like one year old so i think she she's been hibernating yes yeah. i don't think she was out too much but anyway i'm like wow you know we can i can build a little community there with about zero effort because <laughs> we live so yeah. close but. and i think that community is part of god's heart i think god's heart is to see his children you know interacting and having close connections 
So maybe just pray about it. Pray that God would bring a community into your life or even just one person into your life that you can make a connection with. And I think if you're praying intentionally that you will see, you'll see results. Yeah, and absolutely. But then also he might nudge you to do the work. And then Take gotta, the opportunity. You gotta go do the work yeah. then, you know. Um, don't, yeah, I think sometimes our pride makes us not want to be a little bit more vulnerable or admit. Um, what about when you... We'll talk about the friend keeping the friends we do have and all that stuff in a little bit. But what about if you um, are being feeling left out? You think that's like a fourth grade playground feeling, you know? Like you just picture the little guy with the freckles and he's like in the corner and nobody wants to play with him. It's like so sad. But I think that sometimes can happen in adult friendships too where you hear like a certain group went to the cabin. <laughs> is that a midnight term? The cabin? I don't know. Or like different stuff like that and you were not invited or you were excluded um, I guess there's not really anything you can do about it yeah. necessarily, but um, I liked what Jordan Page said about if you're not invited to the party, then you plan the next party mm-hmm. and then you invite those people. Yeah, so I know two girls who they at one point were like really good friends. They did a lot of things together. And then a couple of years went by and I was kind of like mutual friends with them and I realized that they never hang out anymore. And I was like, well, what's happened? Like, is there drama? You know, like, Ooh, yeah. like, why don't you hang out anymore? And like, I couldn't get any drama out of either of them. Like, they're just like, I don't know, we just don't. And I was like, I would guess or venture to guess that what happened is neither of them wanted to text the other one to hang out. And they both thought she doesn't want to hang out with me for some reason. But they were too scared, prideful, I don't know, to make the first move. And the longer it went, the more they thought that this other person didn't want to hang out with them. So neither of them made a move, and then the friendship just kind of went to nothing. And I just think that's really sad. Yeah, or I think coming from your 20s into your 30s, so many of your friends in your teens and early 20s are, like, made by proximity. You're in school together or whatever. And then as you branch out and go on with life, there's not – you actually have to make the effort to yeah. hang out. And so if you were just hanging out with them because they were a friend of a friend or they were just the only girl on your bus or, like, things like that, you know, and you never really, like, clicked – well, now you don't have to make it work anymore. And it's actually right. kind of freeing in some ways, which is terrible to say. But, you know, there are some friends that are there for a certain period of your life. Or a coworker. Yeah, like exactly. Like, I was really so tight with my like coworkers. You love them while you're there, but yeah. then it's just not... Yeah. It's, I don't think you need to feel guilty about that. Right. Um, do we want to address phasing out a friend? This is a real popular cultural thing right now. I'm like trying to think... Setting of... boundaries, like, the yeah. like all that's... Um, I know I've seen a lot on the topic of like, you know, you have to set boundaries and you need to cut people off if they're not supportive of your lifestyle or if they're not, um, yeah, if they're not, if that friendship is not serving you, you need to move, push them to the wayside, either phase yourself out or like break up with them. I mean, I think there could be a time and a place for that, but I think you would need to do that very cautiously. And, and not very often. Yeah. If you like, think all your friends are toxic, maybe you're the toxic friend. Exactly. Yeah, I think that can be a red flag. If you're having, like, more than one of those things happen in a lifetime, maybe check yourself. I don't know. I mean, I think there's a time and a place for sure. sure. Even, like, sisters or mother-in-laws or, you know, there is. Yes. There are people that you don't want in your close circle, and that's absolutely justifiable. But if it's, like, if it's a trend with you. Maybe look inward first. Yeah. There's some people that can just genuinely get along with anyone. And sometimes it's like, well, do they get along with everyone because they're just a yes man? You know, like, just agree with everyone even if it's not what they think down deep. Or is it just because they have a personality that, like, just 
is gracious to everyone. Yeah. I think there's a difference. One thing that has helped my little group of friends stay in close connection is a WhatsApp group where we can send pictures or we can just like, we're constant on there. And maybe it's a little excessive, but hey, we're home all day with our kids and it just really helps get that little dose of adult interaction throughout the day. And it keeps us all connected. You know, we know what's going on with each other's lives. We know what to be praying for. Um, my friend had sick kids for an extended period of time. So, and we knew about it because we're talking, you know, and uh, we sent her flowers, like because we knew what was going on in her life, we were able to, as a group, support her. Hopefully it was, she felt supported anyway. And that's just a simple, easy way to yeah. stay connected. If you can't tell, we're segueing on to like what to do with the friends that you have yeah. and how to keep the friends that you have. But in addition to that online platform, we also are getting together monthly at least and seeing each other face to face, which I think if you see each other face to face, you're more willing to share, you know, digitally too, yeah. online. And it's, it's, it's real because we do see each other very often. And there's like no shame in having a schedule. Like, I recently heard about people scheduling out their intimacy and everything. Like, you can, you can schedule for everything if you want. But why not schedule friendship, which sounds weird. But, like, my friends, we meet once a month on a certain day of the week for a Bible study. And we go through a book and we talk. And, like, yeah, we we study the Bible and everything. But it's also just about, like, talking and connecting together and, like, lighthearted conversation and serious conversation and prayer requests and like, so it looks so different every time. And that's like a built-in thing kind of into our th- our schedule. Well, the schedule can be one-sided. Like, you can schedule it for yourself. You're like, well, I'm going to initiate tonight. Yeah, and that's the, true. Nobody needs to about, know. I'm going to make a connection with this person this month. And it can be on your schedule. And they don't even have to feel like it was a scheduled thing. Yeah, or if there's somebody that you'd really like to be maybe a little bit closer to them and you know they would never initiate for you, but you would like, maybe you just, maybe you don't even wouldn't like to, you just feel prompted to. Like, maybe it's something... Somebody that's like, you know, I don't know, a very shy new sister-in-law or something like that. You know, nobody's going to say no to say, hey, can I take you out for your birthday or something like that. I feel like that's a great um, way to initiate some connection. And just along with the birthdays, that's another thing my friend group's doing right now. We're all turning 30 and we are celebrating each other. It's pretty simple. We just like get together and make a very, I just said simple and I'm going to say the word lavish. <laughs> but like we, we do, a, instead of going to like a restaurant and stuff, you often think about that like being the fun part. But no, we would do like a lavish meal um, at one of our houses and there's no rush. There's no waiter interrupting us. There's no, and it's just so fun. We do gifts that are very personalized for each person. Um, and I'm going to be sad when we're all 30 and it's over with. We're all done with our 30th birthday parties and I really think we need to start around two yeah like 32 because <laughs> I'm so sad about it we had so much fun yeah. with our 30th birthday celebrations yeah and like our husbands are very gracious to babysit and everything babysit they're not babysitting our child husbands provide watch. child care they provide child care for and their you own know, children why not why shouldn't we have another round of birthday parties I mean do we really need a reason to celebrate I don't think we so. can take turns celebrating yeah. each person and it's yeah and that's another thing too with the birthdays um it don't don't let it be as shallow. Like, tell everybody ahead of time, hey, we're going to, um, you know, speak a word of blessing or give a verse or something or just say what you appreciate about somebody. Um, that feels awkward sometimes, but as you get deeper into your friendship, like, just power through the awkwardness. And over time, it's going to be, like, very life-giving and very enjoyable. My one friend just turned 30, and we actually all um, printed out, like, pretty printables of Bible verses that we thought might be something that would speak. They either spoke to us or we thought would speak to her. Um, and now she can put those all over her home and we just shared like, yeah, something we appreciate about her or something that we want to be more like that person in. And 
I don't know, you learn, it knits your hearts closer together. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it can't all just be yeah. surface level if you really want a deep friendship. And I do want to say, I don't want to, like, friendship is super important and very, I think we've established that groundwork. Um, but I think some people can overdo it. You know, if you're putting your friendships before your husband, before mm-hmm. your, like, if you're always with your friends griping about your husband and his problems, but you're not ever going out on dates with him or, like, talking with him in the evenings or even explaining what's frustrating you to your husband, like, they're kind of fulfilling something that your husband should be right. taking the place. Friendship is a priority, but it's not, like, number one priority. I think a true friend will also call you out when you're in the wrong, you know, in a different relationship in your life. They'll say, well, maybe you should have treated this person more respectfully, or maybe you should have been more gracious. And I think a true friend will have the courage to call you out. They keep you accountable. Like, my friends are probably going to tell me that this watch band is excessive and gaudy. And <laughs> right. they, I mean, there are certain things that I don't do because I know my friends will find out and they they hold me to a standard that I want to be held to. I mean, yeah. it's not like I'm trying to be someone I'm not. Like, I just think it's good to have friends that are living the same lifestyle that you are, that uphold the same common standards that can just kind of walk alongside you and keep you accountable for how you actually want to live your life and the person that you want to be. Very, very true. And if you are a 20-some, like a 19-year-old, we'll say, 20-year-old, I don't know, and you feel like your relationships are suffering, maybe it's because you're just not a good listener. I know that's something I've grown in a ton. You even said it, told me already, like, wow, you actually shut up and listen now. You know, I think that came with age too. But like, yeah, make sure you're a good listener and listening when somebody else is sharing. Um, I think if we're too focused on ourselves, our friendships will probably lack. Yeah, Um, no one wants to hang out with someone that just talks about themselves the whole time. And let's talk about those gems of friends that you don't see for like three months, six months, and you meet each other up again, and it's just like back to old times. They are awesome. I can name a few of those. Absolutely. Pick up right where you left off, and it's like, they're not high maintenance, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, friendships can take work and be work, but they also, they don't need to always either. Right. You can just pick up. I think there is something to be said with like, if there's a friendship that's like, just draining like constantly you have to be worried about if they're upset with you maybe that's more of like a high school thing but like I remember feeling like that they're sadly adults I've heard situations I mean I can't think of anyone in my own life but like you're constantly worried about offending them or you're worried that oh I didn't talk to them for a week now they're gonna think that I'm mad at them or something like I don't know if that's the kind of friend I want to have or be yeah I wouldn't call them toxic I just say it's more like high maintenance or uh, maybe manipulative in some ways yeah and maybe you just don't need to initiate as much and see where life takes you. Maybe yeah. Maybe they'll find somebody else to fill their that hole and then they'll be on to the next one and the next yeah. one. I don't know. But at the same time, if you're a good friend, I guess you should just be honest with them and tell them how it is. Like, yeah. I just feel like you don't hear me when I'm speaking mm-hmm. or, yeah. I think something that would be helpful for all of us if was we could just all share together ways that we have been a good friend or people have been a good friend to us, like the practical ways um, I mean, we talk about love languages and stuff. I feel like it's good if we can hit all... We talked about words of affirmation with birthday parties and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but what are some ways... Like, I'd like to hear down in the comments from you guys. Let's just all share. We'll share here and you guys can put yours down below too. Of ways that we can practically, you know, invest in our friendships. Yeah. So the hard times that I went through in the past two years, I just felt so overwhelmingly supported by my friends like the overwhelming grief was 
almost the same level as the overwhelming support that I received. Um, it was just, it's just a beautiful thing to be on the receiving end of. And I think it does take some humility to be on the receiving end of support like that when it's just like coming at you from all directions. It, it can be like a little bit overwhelming, but in the best way possible. Um, people sent flowers, meals, texts, whatever. Um, but a very specific practical tip would be like if you wanted to reach out to someone or like maybe you went through a similar experience with them and you wanted to make a connection. A lady from my church did this with me and she said, would you like to come over to talk this day or this day at this time? Like didn't say, hey, if you ever need anything or you want to talk, let me know. I wouldn't have reached out to her. I wouldn't have. But she said, come over at this specific time, like gave me two different options. And I felt like, not pressured, but almost a little bit like I needed to accept this. And I went to her house and I was so glad I did. It was so helpful. And it wouldn't have happened if she wouldn't have been like very specific about what she what help she was offering. So I don't think it's very helpful to text someone and be like, hey, I'm here if you need anything. Let me know what you need. Or like, if you yeah. ever want to talk, I'm here. Like that's, those are nice words. It's nice to hear that. But I think it stops there. Also, when you're in, like, a crisis situation, your mind is, like, numb. You can't think to be dispatching people to what to do. Like, Absolutely. We, my one friend just was in the hospital with a child, and we just texted her husband and said, hey, is the door unlocked? We're going to have cleaners come um, and professionally clean your house before you get home from the hospital and everything. You know, it wasn't like, well, should we, would we whatever. You it just have like, to do it. We just took initiative and was like, is the door unlocked? You know, and go just, yeah, it's... When you're in a crisis situation, your brain does not work normally and you don't want to be like administrating. And Yeah, that was actually one thing that I had no idea about before I went through like grief or whatever. Like you can't think straight and you cannot think like to the two days ahead. You're thinking about what to do in the next moment. Like even evening plans, it's it's so hard to like, like heavy, at least for me, thick. like making and decisions. Like, like I, I struggle to make the simplest decisions. It was just really strange. Yeah, like even, I mean, I've had, that's kind of some things that come with anxiety too. I guess that's what I'm speaking from. But like, yeah, exactly. Choices are hard. Yes. Um, and if someone can take away just like an obscure option and give you two things to choose from, it can take so much of a burden off of you or off of the person that's going through the hard time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was ranting to Jaina about this the other day, like, oh my word. There's a downside to community. It's all these prayer requests. Like, literally the one day I felt like my phone was flooded with people's children that were, like, trapped in hospitals in Guatemala and they couldn't even see their child or know if they're alive or not. And the other person's, like, in the hospital with little children and she's the mom is paralyzed from, like, the waist down. Oh, no, now it's not from the waist down. It's from the, the shoulders down. And, like, just all these heavy things. And it's like, oh, what am I supposed to do? And I'm very, like, I guess I'm very empathetic. I don't know. And I'm just, like, envisioning how that would be to be in their situation. Anyway, and what were you telling me? You had some good advice. Um, well, my first thought was it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about them. It's about what God is teaching them or doing in their life. Um, you can't take someone's trauma, someone's pain, and apply it to yourself. You can't take it on yourself because it's not meant for you. Like imagining how it would be with you there by you the hospital cannot, bed. or You can't put yourself in their place because... You're not receiving God's grace that was meant for them in that situation. You're not receiving the support of the community. 
God's grace isn't there for you for your imagination. Nobody's praying for you to deal with your friends. Right. So if you try to take their pain and specifically apply it to your heart, it's not helpful to anyone. So when we hear those sad things, I feel like I'm really preaching, but you can support them. You can pray for them and tangibly support them with, you know, food, money, whatever they need. But to take their pain and directly apply it to you, it's, it's not helpful. It doesn't like, lessen their situation in any way. No, I think it's just important to remember that it's not about you. It's about them. And you're, you have a part to play, sure. Like, you need, you know, your job is to be there for them in any way that you can. But canceling your family cabin trip so you can be at home and feel miserable for your friend isn't going to solve anything. Yeah, it's not helpful. The, now, I do think that there is a time to, like, step back. Like, there might be a certain situation where you cannot not apply it to yourself like it's just too close you cannot share the burden yeah and then maybe there's a time to step back um and let someone else support them if it's just too close to you or like you can't get your mind from applying it to you but i think for the most part you can support you can be there without taking on their pain to yourself because it like i said it's not it wasn't meant for you and you're not given the tools that they are being given what do we have to say about shepherding other people through grief while you're grieving yourself sometimes when you when someone goes through a hard thing or a tragedy happens to them there's people in their life close to them like if you tell them you feel like you have to help them grieve and it's not happening to them it's happening to you but yet they're so overwhelmed by this grief and sadness and you feel like you have to comfort them but you're the one that's dealt with the trial. But it's happened them. to you, not them. But yet they're sad. There's there's a difference between empathizing with someone and just like making it about you. So to be a good friend, you go away and then grieve privately. Not, Or you can grieve with them. You can share each other's yes, burdens. Yes, that's the point. You grieve with someone. You don't try to grieve for them. And there is a difference. I think there is. Yeah. I mean, I felt the difference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Wow, this got a little bit heavy. I was thinking friendship, bubbles, and, and rainbows, sunshine. I by no <laughs> means have the authority on grief. I've, I've went through very little, very little. Thank the Lord. But I'm grateful for what I what I did go through because it has given me a really different perspective than I ever thought I would have on, on stuff like this. And in those times, friendship is golden, like so important. I could, so. Yeah, I can't even imagine going through hard times without the support of the community yeah so all those people out there that are you know doing it solo glorifying being an introvert all that stuff um hopefully you feel a little challenged today and um if you do have great friendships in your life i hope you feel like invigorated and maybe you'll go off today and do something specific reach out to someone yeah. Um, send that text or make the phone call. Phone calls are like a dying art anymore. <laughs> um, my friends, we don't do a lot of phone calls, but voice memoing WhatsApps are so fun. My one friend had a baby and we couldn't be with her. She was in another state and we're like, give us the long, gory, detailed birth story. And she held down her button on her WhatsApp and she told us like a six minute birth story. Nice. It was so fun. That's so cool. Because if, yeah, I don't know. I think that's actually the way to do it. Because you know how when people come to you and, like, give you a baby meal and they want to hear the birth story and you're saying it again yeah, and again. Yeah, just and record like, it. Yeah, and then everybody gets to hear it at the same time. Yeah. It's so fun. You can still be in the hospital in your bed if you feel like chatting with someone, but don't yeah. really feel like being with them. I don't know. Don't underestimate the voice message or the phone calls. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you guys so much for being here. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.